every homeless guy and rat I come across, I will sh- Welcome to episode 153 of the Try Games Not Podcast. We are recording on November 7th, 2009, and you're probably going to hear this in 27 months, because we suck. Um, this is uh, a Saturday, as usual, and Pete is not here, but he's on a bus on the way home. He's a bus boy. He is a bus boy, yeah. Uh, but I am here with my co-host, Al! Hey. Hey. And I... Uh, huh? Make him say, Huh? Uh-huh. And uh, I am your host, as usual, Austin, a.k.a. Mr. Chupon, as I am known on the site. One of these days, I'm going to switch to real names. This alias thing is getting way old. This is like GamePro from like, <laughs> grade school. Like, oh, I am a... I forgot what the hell the names were. Sushi X. I am a Sushi X. And then, like, this other guy, I my icon is a Battletoad. And, oh, okay. Um, yes, uh, we're going to uh, talk about... Uh, one or two main topics today. Uh, if you've noticed in the, over the past few episodes, we've been shying away from the news simply because that takes up a lot of time when we actually have topics to talk about. So we never end up talking about topics. So we're going to talk about topics. And how many times can I say that in one sentence? So uh, this week, um, if you have heard my trilobite from a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about this little panel that I attended at Carnegie Hall with one of my friends where uh, Alex Rogopoulos... Um, some, I forgot what her name was, uh, I forgot her name, um, uh, freaking, who was a moderator, Pete Wentz was a moderator, um, <laughs> okay. a composer, f- uh, from, from, you know, the video game industry who's done shit for, uh, Civilization, um, most recently Civ Four. actually, no, most recently something else, but, uh, I don't know, he's got some pretty cool shit, um, some video blogger, who apparently, you know, is, is, you know, famous, but uh, she didn't really contribute anything to the discussion. And uh, Grandmaster Flash, because he's featured prominently in DJ Hero, and he was heavily involved in that. So they just had a panel on, you know, rhythm games, music games, music in games, and how kind of it's becoming a much bigger thing, um, had, and it's, you know, it's cultural impact. So I, I thought that was an interesting panel. I mean, not everyone had anything, had something useful to say, but some of them did, you know, and I just, you know, wanted to take it in a different direction than we usually had about, oh, you know, are we sick of Guitar Hero yet? Yes. Okay, <laughs> let's move on, you know. So, uh, we're gonna do that for our main topic, but as we always start off with, Alfred, what have uh-huh. you been watching? I mean, playing. Um, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII. I'm currently at Costa del Sol. Ah, and I'm um, just gonna grind for some money because I really have been like just trying to play through the game as opposed to get stuff. Like I really don't care about getting the best item from all the mini games they have in that game. Man, you're going fast. I haven't I haven't even gotten a Shinra yet. What? Because I'm I, I'm just playing it really. I haven't played it in like a month and a half, but it's sitting oh, there on my okay. PSP. I didn't even know you started. Yeah. Oh right, because you got. The, I started it over again. Yeah, yeah you bought it. I forgot. Um. Yeah, I I have a lot of time at work, but a lot of times I'm really tired, mm. and so I don't play. And I would technically be like ten more hours ahead. Like I'm I'm ten hours into the game now, and I would technically be twenty hours into the game if I actually played all of the free time that I had. Uh huh. But I've been really tired, so I'm at Costa del Sol, and I'm just gonna grind a bit and get some XP and some money, and buy some materia and 
level up some materia, and then I'll probably proceed with the game again. Maybe spend like two, three hours just futzing around. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really get to play much of anything else uh, because I've been watching 24, like, yes! Monster. Yes! And um, I did manage to play a little something that was brought up to me by um, a friend of mine who I used to work with. And um, he had emailed me earlier this week. Uh, Joe. I I don't know if you remember Joe. He had sent a a mailbag once a while ago. Yes. Water break. (laughs) Um... He had mentioned the game Torchlight, which is available on Steam now yes. for $20. Yeah. And I downloaded the demo to check it out because he had mentioned it was a Diablo clone. Right. So I played it, and uh, I think Petey's on. Uh, he, he signed in. Petey Pablo. Okay, we're going to invite him in while you talk about Torchlight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Invites to what? conference. Well, let's wait, till, let's wait till he gets on oh. so we can sync up with okay. him, and then you can talk about sure. Torchlight. Oh, okay, so this isn't going to be a part of the... No, it is not. Or maybe it will be. Okay, okay. Crazy like well, that. then I'm on. Are you oh, my God, it's fucking Pete. <laughs> and Pete has entered the virtual studio. Uh, Al was just talking about what he's been playing. Um, he was just about to start talking about Torchlight, so Al, go! Ooh. Yeah, uh, I have two things to say about Torchlight. Yeah. Looks like Diablo... Uh, plays like Diablo looks like WoW. That's <laughs> what so everybody says. Yeah, it's, like, amazing that everybody has the same, like... I heard it's like the same thing. One town, one dungeon. Yep. It's, it's I, Diablo 1 with wild graphics. Got I have it. a very particular question regarding that then. Because since everybody's saying that, should you purchase Torchlight or should you just go back and play Diablo 2? <laughs> uh, it depends on um, whether you want to play Diablo 2 again or if you want to play something with new graphics and a new storyline, sort of. And I mean, because basically the core, if you take out all of the the fluff that is the different graphics and the different dialogue and the different plot, it technically is, and not even, you know, Diablo 2. Diablo 2, I would say, is better in terms of plot and gameplay and expansiveness than Torchlight is because Torchlight is technically a take on the first Diablo. Um, But if you take all that stuff away, they're technically the same game. And the one thing that uh, Torchlight does have over Diablo is that it's technically like playing Diablo with a hunter character in WoW because you have a permanent pet and the permanent pet uh, you you can feed it you can, it can actually hold stuff in, in an inventory for you uh, I think it can actually equip some things there's a it, great Penny Arcade comic for it by the way oh there is I yeah um, and the 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 gameplay mechanics are kind of weird. It, you don't really have that much interaction with your pet. At least, um, they haven't really introduced it to you that way. It's just kind of say, well, here's your pet, and these are buttons that you can use. You can set it for passive stance, aggressive stance, and uh, defensive stance. You could sell stuff for you too, right? Like you, you give him shit. Yeah, you can send goes, him yeah. to the town, and like 20 seconds later, he'll come back with money. That's awesome. Uh, he'll sell like everything in his inventory. Well, in his inventory. Or her, if you want to call it her. But um, the weird thing about it is that you can't, at least I don't know how, if it does exist, uh, you can't command the, the, the pet to attack. Oh. So, like, I'm playing as a Vanquisher, which is basically a, a ranged hunter rogue kind of character. And I'm attacking stuff, but the pet is just kind of running around if I'm killing stuff in one hit. 
especially if it's on defensive stance. Uh huh. But if I put it on aggressive, it just like attacks everything. It goes off to the side of screen. I'm like, okay, fucking whatever. I'm going about my business. Um, I like the game, and if I really had the time to play it, I would buy it. But I have a, a long queue right now of games that take a long time. Like you know, Final Fantasy VII. Oh, I'm jeez. Now that's I'm gonna take to like play. ninety hours. No, no, no. I'm I'm not doing all that extra shit. So I should. Oh, I done... just spent the cutscenes. Oh, no, I'm well, kidding. Yeah, you got a point there. Um, Are you playing that on the PSP? Yes. So I'm I'm playing it at work really because I drive and I I really wish I had transportation. If I had like two hours of transportation every day, I'd be done with. I, I would already be done with Final Fantasy VII. It's <laughs> been two weeks. But um, I'm 10 hours into that. You weren't here when I was describing before, but I'm at Costa del Sol and still like on the first disc. So I will probably be um, finished with the first disc by middle of this week or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, <clears throat> um, I'm playing that, and I'm also playing Assassin's Creed, but I don't get to play Assassin's Creed right now because I'm watching 24. Yes. And after I finish watching 24, I gotta catch up on all of the TV that I didn't watch, and then I have to get back into uh, practicing my guitar every day. But I will get back into uh, Assassin's Creed at least playing more than once a week. I played it on Sunday, and I was running around the uh, rich district of Acre and Acre. looking for William Montserrat, who was supposed to be like a lieutenant to King uh, Ed- King Edward. Yeah, King Edward. And What's funny about that is that like they have all these archers all around and whatnot, and I swear I was prowling like I was cracking up because I was prowling the roofs and I would run and just every single person was like, "Hey, you're not supposed to blah <laughs> basically the way that happened was that I was running toward him as he was saying that, and then I just lunged on him and then you know stuck him in the throat, <laughs> and there would be two or three people where I would just hop. Get up, hop, get up, hop. And these people are just so dumb because they're just standing there like, what are you doing here? You you don't belong. And then, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fucking Revenant. Yeah. Um, no, I was about to say uh, that sounded like that Max Payne video you made. Oh, I got to talk about that in a second. Molotov. Yes. yes. Uh, well, anyway, that is another, uh, another conversation for another day. Yeah. So, um, with Assassin's Creed, I got I got the investigations that I need to start the assassination, but I like to get all the investigations and just do all the viewpoints and save all the citizens and stuff like that before I actually get into the assassination. Even though I really shouldn't in the uh, interest of actually finishing the fucking game one time. <laughs> um, and then after that, I'm going to play Mass Effect. Mass Effect. I, I still have Command & Conquer 3 here. I was supposed to play it last night, but I got sleepy while I was playing Torchlight. <laughs> So I went to sleep. Uh, and I also remember that I had to wake up early because I had to take everyone to work. She's working weekends now. Mm. So um, I only got like four hours of sleep oh. and had two hours of sleep beforehand yesterday. Oh. So I'm feeling great. I have a cup of coffee and a cup of water here. <laughs> and I'll be, ta- I'll be taking like two breaks in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> Next on the line is Pete. What you been playing, Peter? Hey. Peter? Who Peter? Peter? In the interest of time, I will try to not babble as much as I did last time. <laughs> uh, uh, the two games that I've been playing this week have been uh, Ratchet & Clank Future Tools of Destruction, the original PS3 one that came out, like, I don't know if it was a precise release or right around release of the PS3. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, wait, Al wants to mention his cell phone game. Oh, Al just pulled oh, off I was a waiting PD. for you to finish. No, um, you said, oh, wait, I want to mention a cell phone game, so go ahead and mention <laughs> okay. your cell phone game. 
Um, I I have a an Android phone now, uh, HTC Hero, and I downloaded from the Android market uh, a game called Barcode Beasties, which is really funny. It's stupid because it's is that one of those where you scan barcodes? Yes, you scan barcodes and then the code translates them into monsters and you have them fight each other. Oh, I remember and, when I used to sell that shit in like Kmart. <laughs> yes, I remember that shit too. It's kind of like that's why I downloaded it. Or or, mm-hmm. or Vib Ribbon or 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 that monster game where you put in a CD in your PlayStation and it generated a monster. Oh yeah, um, I forget what game that was. That wasn't. Um, I think it was Monster Rancher. Jake wasn't that Monster, Coon- Rancher? Monster Rancher? Yeah, yeah, Monster Rancher. Oh, maybe it was Monster Rancher. Okay, I thought it was Jake Coon for a second, but I was like, Jake Coon. Jake Coon. Coon. Uh, but what? at my job, I'm surrounded by barcodes because I have. Um, you <laughs> I'm know, surrounded have by barcodes. And <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> Every tape has a barcode and a number, and then the equipment has barcodes on them, and then the other things have barcodes. So I was just, like, being silly. But the problem with the game is that there's not much variety. You can get a barcode that's, like, super long, like, super complex, and it'll give you, like, a level 1 monster with 3 hit points. I'm like, what the fuck? And then you do, like, another barcode, and it'll give you a level 3 monster with 26 hit points. And so I'm like, okay, we know who's going to win this one. And you hit fight, and then the one with one with three HP dies in one hit. <clears throat> so then I'm constantly trying to find a competitor, and there'll be just just one monster that's staying top of the heap, top of the heap throughout the entire thing. And I mean, it means absolutely nothing because as soon as I turn off the program, I lose it all anyway. But uh, I just wanted to mention that I'm scanning barcodes for fun to be stupid and stuff. <laughs> Alrighty, <laughs> just scanning shit everywhere. <laughs> ah. Does it? Does your um? You know what? I have Amazon on my BlackBerry, and and it has this thing where, if you take a picture of a product, it will try to return you an approximation of that product on its database. So, I um, I was in a bar. I was in the bar that you usually go to, and I took a picture of an Amstel light bottle, and in a couple of minutes, it returned. It was like, did you mean this item? And it was like a six pack of Amstel light. I'm like, whoa, that's kind mm. of awesome. So I was wondering, that if is can, pretty cool. You can make a game out of that. Like I, I'm gonna. I have that on um, Android too, the uh, and Amazon.com. Have like take a, the same thing. Take Austin, a, take a picture of like a 360 controller and a PS3 controller, and or you take a picture of a 360 controller. I'll take a picture of a PS3 controller. We see which one wins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Take a picture. You gotta take a picture of random shit like like a hobo on the street and, and a post-it back. note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like mean this collector's bust of Neo from the Matrix collection? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Or did you mean this Halo 3 cat helmet? Because <laughs> no one wants either of those things. What were you saying, Pete? Uh, should I keep going now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ratchet and Clank Future, I played that, and I thought that was, like, the, the main thing that sticks out for me about that game was that I thought it was going to be short. I, like, even asked the guy, my, my uh, manager at GameStop, I was like, I need a game that I can beat in, like, under eight hours. So I was like, ah, Ratchet and Clank Future is probably short. Um, plus, I'm interested in the new one that just came out. So uh, I figured I played. Uh, yeah, that's, yes, that is okay. the new one. Um, so I figured I'd play through the first one first because everyone was, you know, raving about that game, about how it is a good game for the PlayStation and stuff. And it is a really great game. It's a good platformer. It's got a lot of humor, and uh, I found myself giggling a lot during the game. Um <laughs> It's actually pretty challenging in spots too, and not challenging in the way that some platforms are, where it's like the control, like you you just get pissed because the controls might suck, or uh, that you just feel like it's cheap or something. Um, I felt it was just like actually challenging and and in, in figuring out because uh, the Ratchet and Clank games have a 
apparently this is my first time playing one but apparently one of their staples is that they have a a huge uh stable of weapons for uh ratchet to use and they all are pretty vastly different in in the way they uh like uh, <laughs> uh sorry reading reading chat um <laughs> i have problems with that when i see things pop up i look at them um i'm going to close <gasps> chat while i'm talking uh so they all uh, have vastly different mechanics and stuff, and you have to figure out which weapons to use against which creatures. And there's just fun weapons like the Groovatron, where it makes all the enemies dance and stuff like that. So uh, the weapons are really great. There's a few uh, problems with the game. Oh, I was talking about the time. Uh, see, now I'm getting all confused because I'm trying to be quick. Uh, the game length itself was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, six hours or less, and it wound up being, I think, close to 12 hours or something. It's a really long game. And if I had paid $60 for it, I'd be super happy that it was so long. But because I had just, you know, checked it out and wanted to beat it quickly, I was like, God damn it, when's this game going to end? But, yeah, uh, like... Overall, as a as a package, is like definitely a good value proposition, and uh, like it's a really great game. Um, I just want to say that the few problems I had with it was that since it was a you know a uh, a, a release basically PS3 game, they tried to cram in a lot of six axis stuff. Um, there's a lot of different like mini things that make you use the six axis, such as uh, hacking terminals. You have to roll this ball around on a uh, like a uh, a CPU thing and uh, make connect. It's like a metal ball that's supposed to make connections uh, between the ends of uh, whatever the power grid thingy would be. So like this electron can jump over the like jump through the ball to continue its path. So you have to like tilt the ball around with the six axis, which was like alright, but after, like, the second time it got annoying. Um, and then just other things, like, they, they took what, what could have been one-offs and been really fun, they, like, just kept coming back to, and was annoying, things like falling through the air, like, through a bunch of, uh, missiles or something, and, like, using a six-axis to make Ratchet kind of, like, you know, move around his, his, uh, little plane of falling, whatever. Um, and... Plane uh, of falling. Yeah. And, um... Other stuff that you made you use the six axis. Uh, so, uh, aside from that stuff, oh, there's some weapons too that make you use like there's this tornado gun where you have to use the six axis to move maneuver the tornado. Um, but because you like as as a action platformer and there's things firing at you, you want to keep ratchet moving so you're not standing still. So to try to move your character and move the six axis to control this tornado was just not possible. Uh, so I didn't really use that weapon and pretty much anything that Anything that required six axis control got really annoying and I hated, but everything else in the game I loved. Uh, so it is a really fun game and yet another example of the PS3 doing things very almost cinematically in a way, um, which I had raved about last time when I, well, whenever the time was, no, two weeks ago when I talked about Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, uh, I definitely, if you, if you have a PS3 and you passed over that game, I would actually recommend it. Although what I hear with the Ratchet and Clank games is that you don't need to play previous incarnations because it's basically the same game, like, time after time. No, and, I have them all, and I haven't played them yet. <laughs> oh, really? I I, remember, I think it was Ryan Davis who said that he did that, and he was like... Yep. After the, like his second or third game, he's, he's like, like Wait, "Wow, this is the same game." Yeah, and plus with the new one, um, the one character Quark, the uh, superhero guy, uh, he actually in the beginning of the game just basically tells you everything that had happened in the past, so you don't mm. even really need that to play the other ones for story. Um, I mean, well, I got them anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got them, play them. Uh, if you're somebody who uh, wants to wait for the okay. new game to maybe uh, go down in price, then maybe pick up the right, used, fir- you know, Ratchet and Clank Future first, and then uh, wait, like, 
you know, six months or something and pick up uh, Crack in Time for cheaper. Uh, maybe that'll work. But either way, I'm glad I played it, and I'm looking forward to checking out the other one in the near future. Um, the other game I've been playing, which I haven't played a lot of, but uh, is Dragon Age Origins. I saw that. You were yeah. 360. I checked that out from my place of business, uh, but that I'm actually going to probably purchase, because... That's obviously a game that I'm not going to beat in a couple days. PC and or or are you going to purchase it you, for PC or, or or 360? Okay, here's the thing. I originally I was like, okay, when Dragon Age Origins was announced and throughout all its like its hype cycle, it was always on my periphery, but I was never like really thinking about it or totally interested in it. It was something I always kind of considered maybe I'd get, but I never paid attention to any of the like review or preview stuff or anything like that. Um, but right as it came out, I was like, man, I really want to play this game. And I just, lately I've been having an, a massive RPG, like, itch. Uh, and so I wanted to play something. Um, so I, uh, was checking out some of the, the, the PC information. And I was pretty much gonna get it on PC, but I figured since I can I can't check out PC games at work, obviously. Uh-huh, uh, right. For yeah. obvious reasons, yeah. Uh, so I was like, well, I'll check out the 360 version and ch- and just see how I feel about the game and then right. make my purchasing decision. Um, but then it turned out my girlfriend got way into it too, so she's like uh, all about it. And if I get it on my PC, it'd be harder for her to play. Right, um, yeah. So the only major differences between the PC and the 360 version are going to be in the in the UI and the camera controls. Because um, on the PC, you can uh, pull the camera back to it like an almost isometric viewpoint. Actually, you can probably pull it always back to isometric. Um, like the old Baldur's Gate games, whereas on the 360, it's strictly like, you know, kind of third person, like Mass Effect style camera, um, which isn't bad, but considering it is a, it is a strategy RPG, sometimes having that further camera could be helpful. But, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. And then, obviously, for the UI, uh, the PC is going to have an action bar similar to WoW, where you have all your skills lined up like in a toolbar, so you can click on anything or just use hotkeys to activate them. Whereas on the 360, it's going to be that you have to hit. You you only have a you have a limited number of face buttons, so you don't have access to as many right. functions as quickly. But you can always just pull up the radio menu, and it pauses all the actions. Right. So everything's <clears> still accessible. It's just the UI is better in the PC version, but other than that, it's going to be the same game. And since my girlfriend is into it and stuff, and I don't want her to like you know, feel, like, hindered or whatever to be able to play it. Uh, I'll just probably get the 360 version. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's an awesome game. Uh, story-wise, it's gotten... It, it, it gets real interesting really quickly. I love the fact that there are multiple origin stories for the character class or whatever that you play. Like, when you create your character, you can choose human, elf, or uh, dwarf, and then you can choose uh, warrior, mage, or rogue, and then based on those choices, you can pick one of six uh, backgrounds, I believe it is. And um, the background that you pick determines your origin story, which is how your game starts out. So there's six different origin stories, which the origin story probably lasts about an hour, hour and a half or whatever. Um, and then all the characters will eventually end up into into this one like main quest line. So like no matter which character you pick, you're still going to go along its main quest line, but you'll have a different beginning, which is pretty cool. And apparently like decisions you make in that can drastically affect uh, stuff that might happen later in the game, you know, typical BioWare fashion. Uh, so it seems like it would have a good replayability, and I mean just the length of the game from what I've heard is like well over 50 hours or whatever. So value proposition, you know, definitely... Uh, and it it definitely is scratching that RPG itch for me. So I, I'm 
definitely going to pick it up and uh, I will um, I'll like probably talk more about it you know after I dumped in a couple more hours uh, I mean my game time says I played like over 12 hours but it's got a uh, a codex in it so like Similar to Mass Effect and stuff, where like you oh, get a you lot can of sit your... there and read through all that shit. Then, right? yeah, I and I am somebody who, when it gives me something to read, I'm gonna read it because I right. want to understand the world that I'm in. Right. Um. I mean, you know, like for like you know, we've had this discussion before with things like like Bioshock and its things and how I got annoyed by that. But that was, uh, you know, that's a game where it's like the pacing is is indicative that you should be moving fast, fast, fast. Whereas an RPG, you're supposed to take things slow. Um, you know, it's all dialogue and story, so it's so, and the dialogue's pretty good too. The only thing I have, a complaint I have about the dialogue is that when you create your character, you can pick a character voice for yourself, but your character doesn't actually speak its lines like it does in Mass Effect and stuff. You're like a silent protagonist. I mean, you, you're picking uh. a dialogue option, but it doesn't actually voice that. It just jumps right to whatever the ne- you know, the other AI person would say in response. So, coming off of something like Mass Effect, where it was like a dynamic, conversation to something like this back to like old style RPG you know like dialogue and conversation routes it's a little bit uh, jilting or whatever Um, I kind of wish they had stuck with their dynamic dialogue but I can understand why they wouldn't because I'm sure the amount of dialogue in this game is like probably at least tenfold over what it was in in Mass Effect so you know that'd be a lot of uh, VO but um, yeah so that's it for my primary assumption or uh, you know review of the game and I'll, I'll give more in-depth uh stuff when i played more of it uh and that's really all i played i ha- i haven't really gone back to any of those uh free mmos um because now i'm playing dragon age which is <laughs> better than those free mmos and uh i real real quick side story remember how i talked about how i never really uh was like i can't beat a game in civ besides a tutorial Civ Four. <laughs> oh, I played. I had played again, and I, you know, did the default settings, and I almost won. I like was doing really good in the fucking beginning, and then towards the latter half of the game, someone else came up and like uh, beat me out, and I was second place in the end. Um, so that really annoyed me. But I figured out what I'm doing wrong is that uh, I I never decide at the beginning of the game how I'm gonna win. I like kind of have an idea, and then like. Like halfway through, I have to kind of solidify, but I'm kind of doing two things at once. Whereas, I guess to really win, you have to decide at the beginning of the game, this is how I'm going to win this game, and then only work towards that. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. there's really not enough um, space in the game to be, how can I say? Um, to be like a jack diverse. of all trades in a way. Right, you can't be a military power and uh, a cultural like power and political and you have all this advanced technology because there's not enough time for that. You'll either get wiped out or you'll have somebody who has better technology for what you want and they won't give yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I started out trying to be I was Persia and I was trying to be a cultural power and then like as I was progressing and getting towards the uh the modern era and stuff, I started trying to do the space race stuff too and that's what totally fucked me over. Mm. So anyway, uh yeah, the next time I play Civ 4, I should hopefully beat it and maybe not. Every time I play the game, I've always been ranked Dan Quayle. I'm hoping to just get above Dan- that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. Dan Quayle is like the second to last or something like that, right? Fucked no, up. he is the last. Oh, he is the last. Yeah. Um that's fucked So up, I'm hoping to rank above that. But anyway, yeah. So that's all I've been playing. Uh we can move on to topics. Or did Austin go already? Uh I did not. No. Okay, awesome. Um, you can go. I did that. Th- I did that to you last week too. <laughs> yeah, ass Chuck. <laughs> I have no idea what, what you've been playing. Last. 
Um, I GameSpot had sent me Space Invaders Extreme 2. I started talking about that last week. Um, I finished that up. I sent the review, and it's actually on GameSpot right now. Uh, there's nothing much more to say than what I already said last week. Uh, it, it's, it's $20. If you have the first Space Invaders Extreme... Uh, and you're just kind of one of those people who are like, okay, it was a fun game, cool, you know, eh, stop playing it, but I had, an, I enjoyed it, you know, good, decent game. There's not, there's not much reason to get the second one because it's almost exactly the same. I mean, they have, they, they have like little tweaks there. It's kind of like, um, I'd compare it to, I guess, Mortal Kombat 2, okay. So, remember, I don't know if you guys remember way back in the day when Mortal Kombat 2 was coming out with all its different versions because they kept on tweaking and rebalancing and adding shit. 3.1. Yeah, it's kind of like that where it's like, all right, well, in order to induce this mode, you have to do it differently. And, oh, this time you don't have to. Because I mentioned last time that you can shoot four aliens down to the same color and it would give you a bonus weapon. In the first game, that exact same thing happens as well, except I think you also had to be concerned with the shape of the alien. So if you shot down four blue aliens, but they were different shapes, it wouldn't count. And this time, like they they made that easy. No, so that's, that's not right. I thought that's what uh, that's that's what I that's that's what I looked uh, that's what I read when I researched it. I mean, I played the demo for the first uh, Space Invaders in Stream- Extreme, and that's not how it worked at all. It was just if you shot four blue aliens, you got the blue power up. Huh. There was something about the shapes though that I that I read about. It must have been something. Maybe like maybe later levels, or maybe in a more challenging mode. But definitely in the demo, it wasn't it was like just that. Colors? It, okay. Yeah. I was lied to. Okay. Well then. Um. So, but they're tweaks, right? So it, it's like not a. It's not a big like. Oh, now you've got like a, a, a second ship, or like you've got all new weapons. It's the same four weapons, and the only really new thing is they they take fever time and they extend it into that bingo fever time that I was talking about last time. <laughs> um. And and it's basically that bingo panel that you fill out at the top screen gives you a second bonus round. To, to, to go through. Um, and, and that's about it. But at the same time, it's like, if you're one of those guys who sat there and, like, played the shit out of Space Invaders Extreme and was just like, all right, you know, I got to find the perfect way to, to chain my way through the stage and I got to um, maximize my point total. Like, like, the way that I play the first stage of Ikaruga versus the way I play the rest of the game of Ikaruga, like, the first stage, I'm like, all right, I have to get an S rank. I have to find the perfect pattern and, and, and see how long it can last. The rest of the game, I'm like, this it's kind of too hard, so I'm just going to try to survive. That's it, you know. So if you're one of those obsessive players that you know kind of explored every inch of the game and are like, okay, I'm ready for a new challenge. I'm ready for new waves. I wanna, I, I like this idea of this new bingo time to 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 maximize my point total. I want to see how. That, then yeah, sure, why not? It's twenty bucks. It's you know you know it's good for it. You know because you already enjoyed the first one. Um, if you were a new customer, should you get the second one or the first one? Uh, just go for the second one. You know, I mean, it is it is it's expanded. It does have a time attack mode. But all it, all that really is but, is it, it takes you but, through the main game and you just race against the clock. The, That's about it. What about the Space Invaders story? Um, Al, can you punch him for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that that that's again, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's the same thing, but it's it's more of a, a fun thing. So it's not really that much of a crime if you decided to buy it again, you know. So I, I give it a seven, um, just because. It's one of the again. It's one of those things where the first one's so refreshing, and the second one not so much because it's already been done, but it's still good. So, it's not a five point five. Don't buy it, which was Undead Knights. Um, 
But, um, yeah, and Pete just typed in, Why so low? in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, well, anytime someone compares me to Sean Elliott, I'm happy about that. So, <laughs> Which I am definitely not. Um, but uh, I, I've been continuing to play Grid. Uh, my, I, I went through, I, I, I finally got through the initial phases of trying to earn money, and now I have, I actually have a team. So I did my first event, which was in Japan. I chose the Jap, uh, the Japanese one, and it was basically, um, driving down a windy, a, a windy road on a mountain, uh, versus one other car. But the rule was, and I had no idea that you know they had these certain rules. Like, the rule for this event is that you cannot come in contact with the other car. The car behind is responsible for maneuvering around the car in the front. And so I'm thinking, like, okay, so whichever car starts off to a lead is going to win. Because the way that I play this game is really bad. I, like, like when people, when, when, when it's a whole mess of, like, seven cars on a racetrack and they all come down to a turn, I slow down very sl- I, I don't slow down very much, just a little bit. And so I end up mm. crashing into cars and pushing them out of my way. Oh, and then I just shoot through them, and I'm like, I win! But this time you couldn't do it, so I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do it? Um, but somehow I managed to bypass the car, and in doing so, I did bump into the car, but when I bumped into the car, I was technically in front of him, so he got pegged for the penalty. So I'm like, okay, I could still kind of you know bullshit my way through this race. Um, but uh, that game looks so good. I mean, I know it's old, and I know it's a, it's a, it's a 360-slash-PS3 port, and it it would probably look better if it was natively on the PC, but just for what it is right now, it looks really fucking good. Um, <laughs> I've decided that for for racing games that aren't burnout, the only reason that I play them is for the visuals. Hey, which, which is to say, which is to say that you know I'm not going to play a shitty racing game just for the visuals. I mean, like they're good games, but like the differentiating factor is how good <laughs> does it look. So, but yeah, that's uh, uh, that's it for the recent things I've been playing. But yesterday, I kind of took a trip down memory lane and started playing Max Payne, the original one, on PC, because I have it on my Rockstar collection on Steam. Yeah. And um, I decided that I'd be a complete asshole. Every homeless guy and rat I come across, I will shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you see the homeless guys or the drug addicts, like, sitting in the corner, like, grabbing themselves and swaying back and forth and just going... Valkyrie. <laughs> I just walk to them, arm the shotgun, and like hit them with a headshot. Because if you, if you shoot them, but they don't die, they will come after you, and they will shoot back at you. So I don't. Want, I want none of that mess. So I just go up to them and just you know blow their heads off. But the 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 biggest reason why I do that is to hear their death scream again, 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 and again. I don't know if you guys remember what the death scream for our, for a drug addict and Max Payne sounds like, but it's literally. <laughs> yes, that it's one? literally that. Dude. It goes. It goes. <laughs> <laughs> like that, and um, that was awesome. There was a bug, uh, in the bathroom in one of the bathrooms that I found a homeless guy in or a drug addict in, and I shot him, and the echo made it sound like there were three guys going, <laughs> like almost at the same time, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I've been shooting every homeless guy and every rat, and then I came across this, and this is the this is the root or the inspiration for the video that I made. Uh, which is on YouTube now, and also on the site, but it, you know, I have to load it into the media folder, that I showed Al. Um, there's this one place where you, you open a door, and then there's another door in front of you, and you try to open it, and you hear the guy going, hold on, hold on, I'm almost done, and then you hear a toilet flush. And so I'm like, okay, so that guy's coming out of the bathroom. And then like I was like, whatever, so I explored the rest of the room, and then he shot at me. So I'm like, you know what, there's some good opportunity for this. So I reloaded the save file, went back to that place, and just waited for him to finish flushing. There is no sink, so he did not wash his hands, by the way. <laughs> but he just flushed, and as soon as the door opened, I just shot him in the face with a shotgun. 
And I'm like, oh, that was kind of funny. And so I reloaded the save and, uh, and, and used my dual Ingrams. And when he opened the door, I was just like, like in his face. And all his blood was spraying everywhere. And it's just like all he was doing was coming out of the bathroom. So I'm like, all right, I got to make a video of this. So I did a video with every weapon. He'd open the door. I'd bash him in the face with a baseball bat. <laughs> He'd open the door. I'd, I'd shoot him with a Desert Eagle. He'd open the door. I'd shoot him with the dual pistols. I'd shoot him with the shotgun. Then I'd shoot him with the Ingrams. Then I lobbed a, I lobbed a grenade at the door before it opened to, and timed it such that when he opened the door, it would explode and knock him out of the room, which it did. Um, only for the video, what I was doing for every weapon that I used against the guy, I would then go in and I would beat the shit out of the toilet. So, I, you know, I beat the shit out of the guy with a baseball bat, and then I ran into the bathroom and, and started pounding on the toilet. And I did the same thing with the other guns. For the grenade, okay, so I blew the guy out of the, out of the room with a grenade. And then I was running towards the bathroom, and I threw another grenade. Um, and it landed in the toilet. It banked off the wall and landed in the toilet. And it blew up, and it did not phase me because it was in the toilet. So what I was expecting to happen was I would just throw the grenade into the room, run in after it, and then get blown to bits and, like, see a death scene. But the toilet protected me from its blast. And I don't know how, like, how I got the grenade in the toilet, but it was a complete fluke. It was like a bank shot, like a Tim Duncan bank shot. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm awesome. I got to do this again. <laughs> but then, like, I, I shot it again with me dying. So the last one I did was the Molotov cocktail. And it did the same thing. Before he opened the door, I threw the cocktail at the door. Like, I threw two of them. And so when he opened the door... Like, it, you heard flush, open door. And then he died because he was on fire. So then I did the same thing. I went into the bathroom and I threw the cocktail at the toilet. And obviously I died. But the one thing I noticed is that when you die via fire, you kind of like sway back and forth and, you know, wave your arms as you kind of would if you really were on fire. Except the amount the degree to which you sway is, like, gravity-defying. Like, you are almost parallel to the ground. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And so I found a clip of Neo dodging bullets in the Matrix, how he goes, like, horizontal to the ground, and I spliced it with that because I'm looking at this video... I'm looking at Max Payne, like, you know, dying and screaming. And, well, he doesn't actually scream because, it like, it goes silent when, when you die. But he's, like, dying and, like, like, flailing and, like, going parallel to the ground. I'm like, if I were on fire... Would I be Neo, or would I just fall over and, like, die? And I just found that scenario really, really hilarious. So the video is up there on YouTube. Um, let me find the uh, Max Payne, Mr. Chupon. Come on. Damn it. It's up on YouTube. <laughs> I, uh, I actually should go to my own account because that's where it is. Um, if you go to – see, I don't know how it works on YouTube because I'm logged in currently. Well, can't you just search by like what's the tag? Is yeah, you know what you can do. It, it's it, it, it it's only tags as maximum. But the, 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 I guess the easiest thing to do is go to YouTube.com/slash/user/slash Mr. Chupon. Except instead of a oh, it's a zero, so it's M R C H U P zero N. Um, and like it has all my videos up there. So just look for the Max Payne fun one. Um, Teen and... arrested for rapping order. <laughs> yes, that one. No, I, I will. Uh, for, I want for... users Mr. Chupon, and it said that uh, can't be found. Hang on. I use a zero. Oh, you have to use caps. Um, maybe it's it's uh, I will paste it in the chat. But um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll post the link on Try Games at some point, <laughs> so, so you, go, you guys can see it. But um, yes, to answer Pete's question, what am I used to cap using to capture video? I am using WM Recorder. It is a little uh. WM Capture, I'm sorry. It's a little... It's it. I guess it's similar to Fraps, except not as advanced or not as slick. 
Um, and not as chargy? Uh, no, I, th- I paid oh. for it. Oh, you did pay for it. Yeah. It's uh, just so to make people clear, it's uh, user, not users. Oh, user, my fault, yeah. Slash so it doesn't have to be yeah. caps lock. The, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, whatever that term is that they use, uh, it's not case sensitive. Right. <laughs> that term just, that they use. It's, yeah, user Mr. Chupon with zero. Okay, so, uh, what do you use? A, something video capture? It's what? called WM Capture. It's, uh, it's, um, I guess it would be maybe slightly less costly than, um, than Fraps, but I think it's, uh, I, I probably only about like five bucks. Fraps is like 37 bucks now. Oh, yeah, so then, yeah, about, like, five bucks or so. But um, WM Catcher lets you record anything. So, like, I can I can record, um, if I were going through trygames.net and I wanted to show, like, a demo of the site, I could record that just by, you know, setting the window and then clicking through the site instead of having to get a camera pointed at the screen. Do you so it's, find it's basically it re- screen capture. That's what it is. Do you is. find that it records well, like, with uh, audio and stuff? Like, if you ever... If- if you were because you recorded Max Payne, you record. I'm assu- I didn't check out your video yet, but I'm assuming you have the audio from the game in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a little trouble actually recording the sound from the game. I don't know why that was. I'm guessing it's the way that um, Remedy engineered the game. Yeah, but it would record the menu music and the clicks of whenever I hovered my mouse over a menu item. And uh, it, would rec- it would record the clicks whenever I selected a weapon, and it recorded the background noise. But it wouldn't record the gunfire, um, or the TV in the background, or the guy going "What the?" or shit like that. So I, I feel like, you know, they, they they separated certain sound elements. So what I had to do was instead of just uh, instead of using um, the wave recording on my uh, on my PC, I had to switch it to what you hear, which basically captured everything um, that was going on on my PC. So right. That, but I eventually got it to work, and so that you know it, it wasn't a problem with with media capture with Windows Media Capture because uh, I tried using Audacity as a troubleshooting mechanism, and that also couldn't record anything but the but the other things. So it it wasn't a problem with the with the um with the software. Um, okay. But yeah, I was just curious because I'm gonna need I need like good video capture for gaming related purposes for you know a personal project that I may eventually get around to working on one yeah. day. Um. But uh, yeah, I, I, I will say that um, it it tops out at thirty frames per second. So, um, when you're watching the Max Payne video, it kind of looks janky, because Max Payne Max uh, Payne is like a ninety thousand year old game, and I'm running it on like dual du- dual video cards. That's obviously gonna go like yeah. smoothly, right? So you know, it tops out at at thirty. So when you record the video, it doesn't look entirely smooth, but it's you know, if if you're looking for like a enough. Huh? It's smooth enough, and if you're looking for like a twenty-five, thirty-dollar solution, and like you're not a video producer, and all you want to do is like record shit, what else are you gonna ask for? You know, so it's fine. Um, right. Yeah, it's not avid. Avid's like eight. All right. Enough tech. Enough tech right. talk. Actually, time. Tech talk. Tech talk. Tech talk. Tech talk. <laughs> I say when there's enough tech talk. Al, what were you saying? Avid. Avid. Mad expensive. That's a professional shit. Oh, it's a professional. Okay. I just wanted to know because I was looking for. Okay. Now I it's enough tech talk. Where I work. <laughs> I gotcha for your bootleg. Uh, uh, Batman videos or something. I don't know. All right, uh, that's. <laughs> I have no idea why I brought up Batman, but um, that's it for what we've been playing. Um, we will be right back after this break.
We're at our uh, topic, and uh, as I mentioned at the at the beginning of the podcast, uh, it was it's basically pertaining to uh, rhythm games, music games specifically, uh, I should say, and um, just how uh, th- what did they call it? They called it like the game and music revolution or some shit. Uh, but basically, the the panel topic was if you if you didn't hear my trilobite and you decided to skip over the beginning of the podcast for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, it was just talking about the impact that music is having on games and, and just how, how c- culturally speaking, and how you know music games like Guitar Hero and DJ Hero and, and Rock Band and, and all that stuff are are kind of perpetuating you know music and games as like you know uh, d- together. So these two things that taste great together, but whatever. Um, it was a, it was an interesting panel to me, but I I guess um, Pete, were you able to listen to my trilobite on that? Yeah. I listened to it, but that was, like, so long ago, I hardly remember anything, except, oh, okay. like I said, I remember you starting out like you were in the middle of a conversation already. <laughs> uh, okay. I think you're on crack, but that's okay. No, the one where you talked about <laughs> going to the symposium or whatever. Like, I swear, if you go listen to it or if anybody else listens to it, <laughs> as soon as you start it up, it, you like, the music fades out, but you're already talking. So it's like I walked in in the middle of a conversation with yourself. A <laughs> conversation <laughs> <laughs> I, I frequently lose debates with myself, but... I no. restarted that trial bike because I was like, did, did I miss something? And no, that is how it starts. It must I must have faded the music wrong or something like that. But um, that's your fault, Pete, for, for not fixing it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah that so was a the, couple weeks ago, so recap it real quick. Yeah, so the panel... I'm, I'm trying to remember the goddamn names of the people who were on the fucking panel. So the, the ones I remember, Pete Wentz was a moderator, and if you ever go to a panel that has to be moderated, or you ever set one up, do not... Do not get Pete once to moderate it. Just don't. It's no. It's wrong. It's like an assault on humanity. Um, <laughs> but uh, Pete once moderated it. Um, Grandmaster Flash was on it because he had a he you know he had huge involvement with DJ Hero. He's also a character in the game. Um, okay, so I remember this chick's first name, Melissa Man Ander. Oh, some weird German name. Uh, oh this? yeah, uh, off the something or other. Melissa Ofterman or something like that. Like if you put the if you take the first letter of each little sub name, it, it spells out Madam or something. Yeah, uh, I, I, I forgot. I'll, I forgot what group she was part of. She played for Hole and Smashing Pumpkins. Ah, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. So her, um, a composer from uh, uh from the video game industry. He's composed music for games like Civ Four. Chris Tin. That's what his name was. Um, Alex Rigop- Huh? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> Alex Rigopoulos uh, was on the panel. Um. Some video blogger whose name I don't know. Again, uh, I I can't. Whatever. So I mean, it had some pretty uh, knowledgeable names on there, particularly Chris Tin and Regopolis. Um And so, most of what they talked about was just how, uh, again, how 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 music games were kind of per- impacting the culture. And I think um, Grandmaster Flash had some interesting things to say about DJ Hero in that it's a very well. Gersman, okay, on Giant Bomb makes a good note about how it's kind of an abstract thing that you kind of see how people play guitar. You, you know how they play drums, but not a lot of people know what DJs do. And Grandmaster yeah. Flash kind of had that to say about that. He was like, he was like, to be able to have people, you know, put their hands on this thing, this instrument, and, and it's not a replica of the instrument, but it's a close approximation. It, just to see, like all the things that you have to focus on as a DJ and, and getting people to understand what... He used this, over, this phrase over and over again. Understand what we do, you know, as DJs. 
um, is is he thinks it's really important, you know, and and you know, putting something through video games is a great way to to spread that. And it's it's the same thing that I think Ethan or Al um, made a made a point of saying when when I was saying how I started to enjoy the music that I heard in Guitar Hero and Rock Band because I had never enjoyed that type of music before. It's like when you experience something through a medium that you care about that you care about more than the actual stuff that you're experiencing, then you start to appreciate the, the, the nuances of, of whatever you're hearing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, that Rigopoulos and Chris Tin also made points about that in that, like, you know, once you, you know, start to experience music and it's getting more sophisticated in video games and you start to hear the different types of things that, you know, come out of that, then you start to appreciate the music more. Conversely, people who know music or appreciate music and then hear that video games aren't just a set of bleeps and bloops anymore, they start to understand like what a powerful medium it is, even if they don't participate in it. Um, and I think that uh, they, they went on, they, they want to talk about more topics about how like uh, uh, Rock Band Network was allowing you know other bands to get in on the fun, and like they, they're trying to get out of being the middleman, and it's starting to encourage people to, to put their music through this medium so that people can hear it in a way that they've never heard it before. Um, Melissa Alfderman, or whatever the fuck her name was, was talking about Alfdemar. how... Alfdemar. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. It's I needed on, uh, that. It's on the chat. Okay, thank you. Um, oh, my chat scrolled up. Um, but she was saying about how... I, I, th- I believe she was a bassist, right? And so yeah. she was like, no one listens to the bass line, but when you're playing it, you start to appreciate it. And then Rigopoulos brought that up when they were coding the Beatles rock band. Um, and the person had to listen to the baseline over and over again to get it right, you know, on, on, in the in the note chart. And he came up to Alex and was just like, "Dude, I've never really listened to the baseline of the song before. The way that he played this passage is awesome. Now, anytime I listen to this song on the radio, I'm gonna listen for that, you know, for those notes. And just it, just kind of what what interested me in the panel is how they were talking about how it, it increases your awareness of the things that are going around." in the song, the subtleties that are there that you would only otherwise notice if you actually had to play the song in the band or as a cover. Um, and I guess I, I wanted to get your, your guys' thoughts on, on this type of thinking of how music games are changing the way we're seeing things. Um, and I guess Al in particular, as someone who is in a band, you know, how this, you know, how this may bring things to light for other people who don't know how to appreciate the music in the same way. You're asking me first? Uh, whoever wants to jump in, I will jump out and like laugh at both of you because you should I've go stopped. first, Al, because you are much more musically inclined than I am. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> um. Well, shit. To start off, um, I feel like just being that I I play well, used to play guitar hero rock band. Uh, I found myself finding a. I mean, I. To put it properly, being that I play guitar, I was more I, I gravitated more toward guitar parts in the guitar, the guitar games. And being that Guitar Hero used to be just a guitar game at first, I used to find myself listening to certain nuances of the guitar parts. Uh, it's kind of different because the first Guitar Hero was a a bunch of covers, mm. so it wasn't like the actual guitar part that was present in the official song. So then, you know, when, and I'm pretty sure that you guys have done this yourselves, create playlists of the official songs for your MP3 player or whatever. You listen to the songs, and you're kind of like humming the part that you've been practicing like over and over and over again in Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero 2, and you know it to the T. Like, I remember, um, what game? Um, not what game. Uh, Hangar 18. 
Henry T and I, that was actually what got me into buying Megadeth albums and actually listening to Megadeth after all these years, which is weird because I really technically by all means should have been listening to Megadeth like 10 years ago. <laughs> um, if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for Guitar Hero 2, I really wouldn't be so hardcore into Megadeth and wouldn't have actually learned so much about them that I had as a misconception. Uh, listening to the song on Rest in Peace, the album, and then listening to the cover, they're very, very close together. Like, the, the solos are actually really um, almost note for note perfect. Then, uh, being kind of interested in how it actually played, going to look at tablature and seeing how to play it, which then, as it comes full circle, allowed me to play the solo in the game better because I knew where the notes were and how they were supposed to be played, it, it, it developed my muscle memory a little bit better. Even though I still wasn't able to play it perfectly, it helped a lot. Um, imagining, you know, a game making you think about music in such a way is amazing. Right. To, you know, for me in particular, it's I actually play the instrument and it encouraged me to use my instrument and my skill to then help improve my performance in the game. For people who don't play an instrument, it, I think it causes them to listen to things a little differently, just as they mentioned. Uh, a lot of times people listen to a guitar part in a game that is geared toward guitar when maybe they don't listen to a, a guitar part in a particular instance. Like if they're just plainly listening to music, some people may focus on vocals and lyrics some other people may focus on the drums and the beat and things like that um a lot of times these games will take your thought pattern they'll take you away from what you're used to doing and i think that that's a really cool thing because it helps you appreciate the music even more right i'm trying Um, to i'm trying to remember this one thing and i'm not sure if this was said on the panel but it's pretty relevant um I, I, I can't remember for the life of me, and if it's part of another person's podcast, I uh, I apologize anybody who's listening out there who authored this, whatever podcast this came from, if it came from a podcast, even though you probably don't listen to our podcast, because only three of you listen to our podcast, but um, <laughs> somebody said something about how, you know, in the old days, um, th- in, in radio, okay, when you listen to a song on the radio, it, half the time you would tune in, uh, oh, it was at the panel, okay, because they were talking about how, how music composition is you know is different from composing for a movie and how it's similar and you know the the and this is a this was a question actually for Chris Tin, but um, mm-hmm. they said like oh back in the days of radio you would flick on the radio and hear a song possibly at the catchy part at the chorus you know and right. so that's how you identified the song and that's how you're like oh this sounds like a cool song I want to listen to it whereas if you you know if you sat down and and put in a song into the radio or into the tape player, or the CD, or whatever, or a CD player, and press play. If the song has, like, an intro that kind of builds up slowly, you might lose interest. And so, True. like, the way that people are changing with technology, specifically talking about Twitter, Facebook status updates, all that shit. They want everything like that. So it's back to the mentality of, I want to turn on the radio and hear something that I, that I think is fun right off the bat. I don't want to sit there and wait. And so... Kristen was talking about how he had to change how he composed music so that it it kind of went right into the action, not only to grab people's attention, but also because as game music, it had to like really fit the situation as quickly as possible. And then some other people on the panel were saying how that how they kind of had to uh, 
they could see changing the way they wrote regular music outside of video games to to capture the attention of this generation's you know listeners which i found which i found kind of weird and also a little bit sad you know that that you can't compose something the way you want to and I, I mean that I guess I don't know how I got to that topic but it just popped into my head I mean what do you think about that Pete do you have any thoughts about that like in terms of the music that you listen to uh wait yeah you totally just threw me off what what question do you actually want me to answer <laughs> oh my god you haven't been Al just go because this guy doesn't know how to listen <laughs> I'll write it in um, the chat room for you Pete well let's see <laughs> What are you doing? What oh, are you doing? I'm no, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing somebody typing. It's so not like, me. Clack, 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 clack. And now I just had a brain fart, so I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm off my game today. Here, I'll just go oh. with what I was gonna say originally, which was that, uh, like, I actually am like not a good person to talk about this topic because, like, for me personally, I like when I play music. I'm not like huge into music and stuff like when i play music games i play them because they're fun games not because of uh like i want not because like i want to play along with the music or something like when like guitar heroes first started taking off and stuff i didn't never really cared about what was going to be on the upcoming track list for the Mm. new next release game or whatever i just cared about like is the game going to be better what kind of improvements are there to the actual gameplay and things like that and how's the guitar controller going to work because i like rhythm games for their gameplay not for what music is in them and stuff like i i love ddr because of the way the game played and i would play every song even the ones that i hated um same thing, like, I want to play DJ Hero because I'm intrigued by the, uh, the, like, the new gameplay mechanics that having this new controller brings into the, like, into the gaming field. Uh, and even though some of the mashups sound absolutely horrible, I still want to play them to, to experience this, like, particular gameplay. Um, and when I started playing, like, Guitar Hero games and stuff, like, uh, I, I wasn't somebody who, like, <sighs> I don't want to say I didn't discover music by playing it because like there were certain certain bands and stuff that like I already had my taste of music before prior to going into these type of games and then I would discover certain bands that like matched my taste of music that I'd never heard of before like I can't think of anything off the top of my head but like you know like I'm I'm way into punk music so sometimes like I'd see like there'd be a punk band that I never heard of and I'd be like oh this is pretty cool like you know maybe I'll go check them out like download some stuff through iTunes or whatever um but uh or like, for instance, uh, I, I actually can't think of an example. Uh, that song, um, I can't remember the name of the song, but the Sonic Youth song that was in Guitar Hero, th- no two. Cool. Th- uh, it was in three, I believe. It was cool. Or thing. three? Cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I never actually like I know who Sonic Youth were and stuff, and I've probably heard stuff from them, but never really thought about it. Right. But like hearing that song, I was like, wow, I actually really, really like this band. Um, so like that was like I guess in a way discovering music, but uh. I, like this is what I'm saying is that I'm not a good person to talk about the actual musical portions of the games because uh, I really do just play them to as a, like they're just another video game to me. Right. But I guess the question from that would be: Do you ever find yourself not because you're musical, but just because you're experiencing it in a different way? Do you ever find yourself noticing certain things that you might not have noticed when you were listening to the music just on the radio? If, okay, if there were if there were any songs that you know crossed you know ones in your collection versus ones that you played on guitar here, like maybe here, there aren't. But. I have a good anecdotal story that kind of goes with that because you're talking about like the whole thing, like you said about uh, uh, the one guy for the Beatles playing the bass line and then yeah, or, something like, like that. Yeah. So like my story is that uh, I don't remember what grade it was, maybe like sixth grade or something. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like back when they actually had, you know, music classes in school. Yep. Uh, my, uh, the, the music teacher, like, had us do this exercise where we listened to the song Breakfast at Tiffany's. And we were supposed to pick out, like, by listening to the song, pick out the different instruments that we heard playing. Mm. Um, and I found that very difficult because personally, I don't hear music that way. I don't hear specific instruments. I just hear the, like, cacophony of noise, you know, uh, that comes together nicely. <laughs> um, then it's not a cacophony. <laughs> But, like, to me, it's not like, <laughs> like, I couldn't tell you, okay, I mean, like, maybe certain things, like, I could, I could be like, okay, that's definitely the drums, or, you know, okay, that's definitely the guitar, and obviously that's the person singing, but, uh, you hear apparently, it cohesively, you hear it cohesively. You yeah, and apparently yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's has a lot, has quite a few different instruments playing throughout it, um, which I, like, didn't hear most of them, I mean, I heard them, but I couldn't pick them out, so... Right. Playing something like Guitar Hero and some, or something like actually playing along with like I guess the bass line is the best example because the bass line is really something that like I personally wouldn't hear. Mm, or, again, right. I don't want to use the word hear because I hear it in a song, but I don't notice it. Discern. You yeah. Discern it from the rest. Gotcha. Okay. So then playing a Guitar Hero or whatever uh, or Rock Band, um, you know, uh, then I'm like, okay, yeah, I can hear the bass line as I'm playing this game, but then if I go back to listen to the song without the game there or without like actually playing through it myself, it goes back to just being one, like the song goes back to being one entity to me as opposed to right. being separate tracks or whatever. Uh, Cause like I said, I, I'm really not a musically inclined person. Like I definitely think like certain people just have that ear and like that ability to like do that kind of stuff with music. And some people don't, and I just don't feel I have that ability. I love music. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just not at that level of it. So to me, it's just, I appreciate it for what it is, but I like, can't break it down. Right. Do you think that, um, how do I phrase this? I was going to say, do you think that uh, on a, on a general scale that something like what we're talking about, how, how, you know, how you can appreciate music, I know that not everyone, obviously, like you just said, not everyone is going to be inclined to, you know, get it or 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 want to get it or whatnot. But do you see? Do you think that maybe um, what they were talking about, you know, of of appreciate of some people at least being able to appreciate things in a different way if if they're so inclined, is that is that something that you think is feasible? Is that something that's just limited to you know, kind of us freaks who are like, yeah, we like video games and <laughs> we like rock band and we want it to you know be legit. So, you know, I mean, I think it's a good thing, and here's why <laughs> you could appreciate stuff you sound, better. You sound like uh, what's that stand-up comedian's name who who died? Um, and talk like that. Oh my God, I can't remember his name. Uh, uh either way, um. <laughs> Like what, basically, basically, it was what they were, in your opinion, was what they were saying, or at least what I interpreted them saying, on the panel. Something that's just pie in the sky, or or are we really onto something here? And like, despite the fact that they're coming out with fucking games every fucking year, Activision, um, like, is this something that has has more meaning than just hey, it makes a lot of money and kids like music? Um, in your guys' opinion. I mean, okay, well, like to kind of answer your question about like people appreciating it and stuff, like. Or appreciating music in a different way from playing the games. Uh, I just want to, for my answer, I want to use Rock Band Beatles as an example mm-hmm. because I think that gamers are going to appreciate the Beatles more by playing this game. But I don't think people who already appreciated the Beatles or like people who don't play games aren't going to like, uh, or like okay, casual gamers or something like they like 
Beatles fans who don't play games would pick up the rock band Beatles maybe because it's a new experience for them. People who weren't really into Beatles and are just casual gamers or something, like who maybe just played the regular rock band game, I don't think are going to necessarily pick up the rock band Beatles and be like, you know, oh, I have this newfound love for the Beatles. I'm trying to... Huh. Like... Anyone not named Ryan Davis. Yeah, I don't... Th- I, I think for most people that, like, you're not going to pick up that game and all of a sudden have this newfound appreciation or, like, like if you just didn't really weren't into the Beatles to begin with, you're not like the game is going to change your mind. So like I think that's what you're kind of asking is like, can the game change your mind about something? Um, no, not just a single game. I, I I meant really kind of the cultural, and I hate to use this word, but the cultural phenomenon, as it were. You know, I'm I'm what, what my question really is 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 it more than just you know it's a cultural phenomenon because it's making tons of fucking money, you know, or is it a cultural phenomenon because it's getting you know. The genre as a whole, basically, you know, it's getting people more into music and more appreciative of what they're playing, and maybe not necessarily the Beatles, but you know, kids who you know want to play a video game, like like ten year old, nine year old kids who want to play a video game, and they, they they wouldn't be asked to pick up a pick up a rock album in their life, but now they hear stuff that their parents are listening to, they can start to appreciate it. You know what I mean? Versus the old kind of like. Kids don't listen to what their parents listen to because that shit's old, and you know parents aren't cool. And you know what I mean? Like just taking all these different factors about music and culture together, and and seeing like, d- d- is this really going to change things? Um, so think about it on a, on a level higher than just something like, oh, I didn't like the Beatles, now I played the game, now I like the Beatles. You know? All right, I'll pick back up while I think about this. But uh, just so everyone doesn't think I'm crazy, uh, the, com- the comedian I was thinking of was Mitch Hedberg. Oh, I have no idea. No, I I have I've heard of him. I just haven't heard him. Okay, because you definitely were, like, doing an impression of him in a way. Oh, yeah? Um, yes! But anyway, uh, Al, go ahead and give me a chance to think. Okay, sure. Um, I was going to append what you were saying, and I think that on a small scale, I don't think it's as wide as uh, some people may think, like, you know, on that phenomenon scale. Mm. But I think that on a smaller scale, music games do help increase awareness of music. Uh Partially, the reason why is because um, take uh, uh, I'm just gonna take as an example a Guitar Hero band related game. So, a Guitar Hero Aerosmith, or Guitar Hero Metallica. Guitar Hero Metallica is probably a better example because that's a more contemporary band. Because mm. uh, Aerosmith's been around since like the '60s, and uh, Van Halen is also you know I mean Van Halen's been around since like the late '70s, but um, Metallica is more relevant because Metallica is one of the biggest bands in the world like that has recognition. Aerosmith is a rather large, you know, it has a rather large following, but they don't have that much mainstream exposure. You know, like their first Grammy was for freaking Armageddon, sappy song that Mm. they did for a movie. (laughs) They have all these albums worth of really good songs that they never got any Grammys for, you know? Right. And Metallica, they got their first Grammy off of... um, one, no, not one, but just uh, Injustice for All, although it was like a year too late. Actually, it wasn't Injustice for All. They lost the Injustice for All one, and they got it for Black Album the year after. So it's 1991, as compared to when did Armageddon come out? Like, Oh, I forgot. Some the late 90s school. or yeah. early 2000, I guess. But anyhow. Late 90s, um, I think. The late 90s. Um, taking Guitar and Metallica into this as an example, um, you can see how they're trying to reach 
uh, other people. I mean, the the problem I guess with Guitar Hero Metallica is, uh, and I don't see it. It's not in my visual. Oh, there it is. But I don't know whether it's rated T or rated M. It's probably rated T. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, my whole point in that is getting the exposure of songs that don't normally uh, have that reach to people, who, basically teenagers, who like the music but don't have the access to it due to maybe parental advisory or due to maybe um, bands playing in places that aren't all ages and things like that. Um, taking a band like Metallica, which pretty much is an all ages band at this point, and throwing songs in from various influences and various things that uh, are not as well known but have a history of being very mature, like, for example, putting Slayer in and putting Judas Priest in, uh, putting some old stuff like, you know, Bob Seger and um, even some unknown stuff. That helps increase the awareness of the different types of music that are associated with the band that's like, that could be your favorite band and will encourage you to listen to these other people's music. It's happened for me, uh, specifically with uh, Guitar Hero 2 and um, maybe a little bit of Guitar Hero 3, but by the time Guitar Hero 3 came out, uh, you know, I pretty much knew most of the music that was already in there, and if I didn't know the name, I actually knew the song, and by the time I got to the song in the game, I was like, oh, so that's oh, what I the know song this. is called, yeah. and yeah. then I can actually kind of move forward with actually getting that song and putting it in my collection. Uh, I think that that kind of happens a lot less than people think. I, I think that uh, the perception is that, from a business standpoint, uh, the perception is that if we keep putting out these games, we're going to keep increasing the, um, the goodness, I can't even think of what the word the is. The goodness! <laughs> the ability for people to become aware of this such that with every game that comes out, it's going to magnify the amount of music sales as a result. And I just don't think that that's the case. Um, mm. I think that it, it it happens on such a, a level that really people will buy the games, they'll play the games, but yeah. residually it will not result in that much musical sales. Like a, a lot of other things happen as a result. Like, for example, South Park taking uh, Guitar Hero and using <laughs> it in their show for uh, an entire episode, and then later on they take Rock Band and they throw Lady Gaga poker face on it, which oh. I don't believe is in Rock Band uh, as a DLC. And I find that funny that they did that, because now it's got a whole bunch of people thinking, oh man, I would love to do this, and then who knows, it may come out as DLC for Rock Band, or if it's not already, you know, as DLC, and then people will buy it as a result of watching South Park. Let me ask you this real quickly, because I know Peter wanted to jump in, PT Pie wanted to jump in, but um, just to add to that question. So instead of thinking about it in terms of music sales, mm -hmm. then what would your opinion be of how people at large, you know, maybe the more musically inclined ones, uh, listen to the music differently if they get into the games, if at all? Yeah, that's what, what I wanted to, to answer as well uh, because of the brain fart. Uh, so <laughs> I think that... When it comes to listening to music differently, um, people who are musically inclined, I think that due to the fact that they have more of an appreciation for music, they 
may not change because a lot of people who have an appreciation for music to the point where maybe they're playing the instrument or they're listening to songs that are not singles that are you know they listen, they listen to albums front to back as opposed to picking out certain songs that catch their attention um the that their their perception of music doesn't change i think that they may start listening or focusing on different parts uh they may hear something that they didn't hear before and then whenever they listen to that song outside of the game in the future they will listen for that and enjoy that more like maybe a little ditty here or mm -hmm. something that was in the background that now kind of pops out to them but to a casual person uh where their attention span is a lot shorter or their appreciation <clears throat> for music is uh, is a lot thinner i think that they kind of latch on to things and as a case of point i'm going to use evelyn like she, as a specific example, likes Enter Sandman, mm -hmm. Metallica, but she knows only so much about it that she can identify it as the Sleep With One Eye Open song. <laughs> and with one that song. must be the part that gets to her, uh -huh, that, yeah. that she can attract to. Like, she will not know the song. If I just threw the song on and she has... She probably wouldn't even think about it but once it gets to sleep with one eye open right, she's like right. oh my god this is my song and something like that but, <laughs> <laughs> but now now it's to the point where um i think that i can play the song and she'll know but if i tell her uh oh you want to listen to Anthony sandman or like, oh you want to play it she was like what are you talking about mm. <laughs> she, she will continue to come to me and say uh oh i want to hear it when i open that's like, not what it's called <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that a lot of times people people do that as opposed to um say maybe completely changing the way they listen to music like oh they first would only listen to a chorus and really pay attention to the chorus and then the rest of the song is just like that 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 to them and then now all of a sudden they're like listening to intros and developing a little bit more of an appreciation i think that that doesn't happen as much as they'll get a specific part and know a song for that specific part and then continue to enjoy the song, but really just wait for that specific part. Right. I get. I gotta find um, this one song because the, the way that you say Evelyn remembers uh, Enter Sandman is just funny to me. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, Pete, you go for a second while I look up this song. Okay. Um. I'm still not entirely sure how to answer this stuff, but I was, just had a few points that I wanted to make, like, that's uh, that's j just based on my own experiences with my, like, friends and stuff, like, because they're, they're, I mean, that's about the only way I can really approach the subject, is seeing how my friends have played the games and stuff. Um, but first I wanted to talk about, because Al, you mentioned about, like, you know, the game translating to possible music sales and stuff, and aside mm -hmm. from, like, the few cases where I may have bought, like, a song or two because I heard it in the game, and, like, you know, certain people, like... I think it's actually a rare thing for people to actually do that because it seems like most people, like, it. I don't think a lot of people, like, hear a band in the game and decide to go out and buy the album or something. They will just go back to the game to rehear that song they like because, like, why go spend money when you have the song accessible right there, you know? Um, I think, to interrupt you really quickly on that, um, it really depends on the person because somebody like me, I would, I'm not really going to be playing the game that much. And if I wanted to actually hear the song... I would probably prefer to hear it outside of the game. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it depends on the type of person. There are people who probably would play the game a lot, and they would rather just 
you know, play a song and hear it there. But um, I think that there's also a, a group of people that will take a song that they hear on Rock Band and they really like it, and they'll say, you know, buy it on iTunes or yeah. like that. May I mean like I again I can only go off what I I've, I've seen like my friends do and mm-hmm. I mean they're definitely uh like when I've seen my my group of friends play rock band together they um they'll constantly gravitate to the songs that they like like they the point I really wanted to make was that when you know when these games first started coming out with Guitar Hero the original Guitar Heroes and stuff you were basically forced to kind of play through all the songs to get down the set list yep so mm-hmm. that was a good way to force people to experience the new songs you know maybe they would hate it but at least they played it once and can decide then if they don't like it or you know maybe they do like this song that they've never heard before whereas now with a choice with like a game like Rock Band and Rock Band Two and what and whatnot and Guitar Hero World Tour um. When you have more choice for what songs you're going to play, then this is what I notice my friends do is they definitely, when they pop in Rock Band, they always go to like, you know, Quick Play or whatever. They don't play the World Tour mode. They just, they just want to have a fun time with it. And they will, they'll, they'll replay the same songs like four times in a night rather than go on to get songs that they don't like or have never heard before. Um, just because they want to, like, they're guaranteeing themselves to enjoy, you know, what they've already know. Uh, and, like there, there were songs like in that game that they don't own or haven't heard before that they found like may have like like because somebody else said, "Hey, I like this song, let's play it," and then other people like the song. But like, yeah, they won't go if they like that song too. They won't go buy it. They will just keep playing it on Rock Band. Um, mm. so like, I mean, that's been my experience with it. Is that like now, now with the choice in in the music games that people don't experience the stuff that they haven't really that they don't really know anymore. Uh, so you know, maybe it's the uh, my whole point to this is that maybe it's the goal or hope of the people who make these games that they're opening up, uh, you know, new avenues for people to experience new music. But in a way, they're putting too much choice in the game, and that limits that possibility. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that idea that you just expressed uh, comes from an evolution of the game from a challenge-based game to now a uh, party casual pastime, you know? Yeah. It's like the Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero 2 and and Guitar Hero 3 as well, they were actually not games that were, like their goal was for you to listen to music and enjoy music in a different way. It was more along the lines of, here is a game whose purpose is to get as many points as possible where the medium is music. Right. Um, once Rock Band came out, and more more importantly, Rock Band 2 with uh, Unlock All Songs and No Fail Mode, Right. I think that the general idea of the public and the corporations and the developers was now to create a, a, a medium or center where people can just enjoy their music in a different way. And that's... I think that's exactly explaining why your friends and it happens in uh, rock band parties as well that Austin throws. And I think yeah. it happens everywhere. Uh, I, I'm not even sure. Well, actually, no. It also happens at the Village Poorhouse during the uh, the rock band uh, parties at RockGamer.com plays. Yeah, uh, they they mm-hmm. hold every Tuesday. It's it's now a point of how do we get people to listen to their favorite songs. And possibly get into new songs, but I think the focus is more of listening to your favorite songs <clears throat> while buying our product. And right. um, that's why they come out with 
things like Guitar Hero Metallica, Guitar Hero Aerosmith, the, the band-centric stuff, Beatles rock band, uh, and also a reason why I think they're coming out with so many different versions because now we need to get something for the, the, the females and, you know, they like all that poppy stuff. So how about we put a whole bunch of their favorite songs in and market that as a product that's separate from Rock Band and Rock Band 2 so that if girls want to have just like a girls' night out or something like that and they want to just play, like, you know, what, what, what game is that? Is it Band Hero? Yeah, it is Band Hero. That has all like the tween songs, yeah. Oh, yeah, God, not even yeah. the tween songs, but the, the, the more female-centric songs, that's songs that girls were probably more apt to sing and play along with, uh, you know, they'll get that. Because if they were to get Rock Band 2, there's a whole bunch of songs in there that they don't know. And that they'll be less inclined to actually experience the game. Or if it's a, 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 from a standpoint of buying the game, they'll be less apt to buy it. Because of the fact it's like, well, uh, I probably only want to play it. You ought to know. Because that's the only song I know on the back of the box. Yeah. You know, you know they only show like a, a couple of the songs. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that it's moved away from that. But I think that it's a natural thing just the way our society works yeah i mean i totally agree uh, with that because like it seems like the original guitar hero was meant for gamers to you know play this game and experience new music and like you said now it's kind of just like they want non-gamers to just play the music they already like in a new way and mm-hmm. like it's not like either way is wrong it's just that no. if if they if you know if, if like people like Alex Rigopoulos or whoever are like you know I want people to use these as avenues to experience new music. It's like the way that they're now you know presenting the games makes that actually harder. So it does. that's just that's yeah. just my point. Because you you know especially with the it's kind of counteractive when it comes to saying I want people to experience new music and then at the same time here's a DLC and you can choose to download any song you want. So basically, you're gonna download the songs that you want, as opposed to right. how they used to do. Like Activision used to sell you the packs, and you get a song that you wanted and two songs you didn't even know. Technically, you're supposed to play the other songs, but yeah. <laughs> we all know in reality and practice we don't. And, and you know, th- either we don't buy it or we just play the one song. That's a shame too, because like it, I know that with the downloads for Rock Band and stuff, like you have the option to like preview the song, but it's only like maybe like a 30, 30 second. seconds yeah it's like a 30 mm-hmm. second preview like i kind of wish that there was a way to like demo play the song even if like just like one play through free and then if you want to play through it again you have to pay for it because mm. like with them costing money and being a third like i may actually try you know i may discover new songs that i like that way but i'm not willing to invest my microsoft space bucks into trying to find space out if i bucks. like them yeah so two, two notes I want to make that you just Pete, you just reminded me something from the panel. It, one of the reasons why I would want Pete wants to moderate. He, so when he calls out Alex to come to the stage, he literally does this. He's like, and now we have uh, uh, the guy, uh, one of the founders of Harmonics who made Rock Band, Alex. Ru- Whoa, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try this. I'm like, you can't, you can't be on stage in Carnegie Hall in front of a whole mess of people and mess up the man's name, yeah. especially considering who it is. Yeah. And so he was like, "Is it what? What is it?" And he was like, "Oh, it's Rigopolis." And he was like, "Oh, okay, oh, I screwed it up, man. didn't I? I said Rigopolis. You did, you did, but at least you didn't go. I'm not even going to try. Whoa, what is this? <laughs> and at least you weren't on stage, and at least you're not Pete Wentz. Yeah. Just messed yeah, <laughs> up. And the second thing is, I found the lyric. This is going back to your whole Evelyn calling Enter Sandman the one eyed sleeping one eyed open song. Oh, okay. <laughs> the um, one eyed monster so, song. I was ab- I was about to say the one eyed snake. I was like, wait a second, no. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but like, <coughs> so Queens of the Stone Age has a song called "I'm a Designer." <coughs> I believe it's the third track on Errol Vulgaris. They all kind of run together, so I can't remember like the track numbers. But um, there's a lyric that goes, "You've made me an offer that I can refuse. Of course, either way, I'd get screwed." Counter proposal, I go home and jerk off. So I'm just thinking about what if Evelyn called that the "Go Home and Jerk Off" song? <laughs> <laughs> I just, Al, can you play the "Go Home and Jerk Off" song? What? What, what oh you? goodness! Um, <laughs> What's that other song? The, the <laughs> jizz in my pants song. What's that? The ju- yeah. Oh yeah. Dick but that's a, a little more deliberate because yeah. that's actually the like name of the song. Yeah. Yeah. That or dick in a box. Um, any any other comments uh, on that specific you know th- topic? I just um, I mean I want to say that like or... I do like like I said with with DJ Hero I think it's good because it, that is a game where it's like. You're you're going. It's they're kind of going back to the roots, and you kind of ha- are forced to experience new music if you want to check out this new game. Um, and I kind of hope that they that, that more companies kind of get back on board with the gaming aspect of it. Like I mean, like I said, I don't. I have no problem with like the whole party aspect of like Rock Band and stuff, but I do miss the challenge-based gaming type aspect of it, like with the original Guitar Heroes and stuff. And mm. ag- again, I totally want to get DJ Hero, <laughs> even though I know most of the mashups are kind of not the best. Um, right, but I want to get it to experience this new game. I just don't want to pay the premium price that they're asking for yeah. it. Yeah, but what was it, uh, like 120, right? Yeah, yeah for the standards. Jesus. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, hopefully the game does well enough that it can it can spawn a sequel and maybe continue with its trend and like maybe other people are willing to take risk on new music genre like music gaming genre stuff besides right. just your you know your typical band setup. I I would like to close my uh, comments with something that you were saying about that. Uh, I do agree that in order for, I think, no, nah, I can't even say that, because I think that a lot of uh, the hardcore gamer base, like the people who are really, really, really into rhythm games, are still into these games, even though the original um, point of playing the game is kind of gone. Like, Guitar Heroes 1, 2, and 3... Like I say, those games were the games that were uh, game first, then music. Yeah, I, I mean, and, just real quick, I just want to say, I think yeah. Guitar Hero 2 was definitely the best one out of the entire Guitar Hero series, because that was the one I yes. had the most fun with. Agree. Yeah, yeah I agreed through, uh, through. Keep going, I sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Um, I think that with Guitar Hero 3, they kind of od and mainly because of Through the Fire and Flames, because... And that is when they switched Beautiful. to Neversoft, and Neversoft had to make it overly gamey. Right. Mm. True, and and the problem with through the fire and flames is that it it is um <clears throat> it broke the limit of how hard you can make a video game that is based on <clears throat> something so finite as five buttons and a strum bar. Mm. You know, you have your difficult songs, but then there you create a song that most of the people who uh, really want to play the game like the people who play on expert uh a lot of people don't even bother because they can't get past the first five seconds of the song <laughs> it, that that's just kind of overkill. That, that's 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 almost emasculating to uh well to the guys i mean the girls i don't even know what you would call that but that kind of emasculating i don't know emasculating. <laughs> i don't know um i think that that what that did was that set the bar so high that in order to create an, a game in the future that is now competition and challenge based, it's going to constantly be compared to through fire and flames. And if it doesn't compare, then what's the point? 
So now everybody's making uh, games where the point isn't really challenged. The point is more of having fun with the game, having choice. You know, there's a set of 30 songs, but in order to actually finish the game, you can just play 22. And if a song is too hard for you, then, oh, that's all right. Well, um, you don't have to play it. And right. I, I think that it's it's kind of messed up, but you don't see anybody complaining about it. So I don't think that we're actually going to go back to a competition, a, a challenge-based uh, structure for these games. And I think that that's where DJ Hero kind of comes in. It gives you a new opportunity to go game first, then music with a new apparatus. But if it takes off, I bet you that it, you're it see, progresses the same way. It's going to progress the exact same way, and you're going to have freaking four DJ consoles. You're going to have people uh, doing uh, two DJ uh, equipments and switching and mixing and crossfading yeah. and whatnot, and it's going to turn into the, the exact same thing that Guitar Hero turned into, where you have people uh, pretty much creating an entire meta game for the game itself. One thing I, I want to remark on before I close this off um, as my last comment is, is piggybacking on something you said about um, these games, you know, trending back towards easier and, you know, because of how fucking hard Fire and Flames was, right? So I will say that, there, the I mean, Activision, as, as much as I, you know, continue to disparage the company, mm. uh, I mean, with Guitar Hero 5, from what I've heard of it and, and, and how they've structured it, um, they actually have struck... A pretty decent happy medium where you you know Guitar Hero games are going to have parts that are focused on being difficult on the guitar part because that's why it's called Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they've thrown in all these casual things to make it more appealing to the casual gamer. They've got party mode where the game just starts up and you can literally just pick up an instrument that's playing on any one of the songs that happens to be cycling through at the moment and just start playing it, whatever difficulty, no fail, whatever. So they've kind of gotten it down to the point where it's like, hey... We can be casual. We can also be fucking crazy. We can let four guitars play against each other. They can be four lead guitars. It doesn't have to be two bass and two lead. It can be four lead guitars. They can be all expert if they wanted to, and that's how you can get your competition. Or you can just pick it up in party mode and play it. So I think um, I feel like if I ever wanted to go back to the to a time where I wanted to play for a score and see how well I did, you know, something like Guitar Hero Five would be right up my alley. They're still doing it, and so I think uh, you know, at the very least. For all the things that you know, we we kind of laugh at them about that they 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 did a good job with that. Now it's mm-hmm. just a matter of whether or not the song list is appealing to me, and I don't know that because I haven't looked at it. So right, I I looked at it and it wasn't appealing to me. It wasn't. Oh, <clears throat> but we don't have to say panda. But you, you know, I I was thinking about that as you were mentioning it. Um, what if, as a, just a, a hypothetical, <clears throat> what if? Their original fan base of Guitar Hero, like you and I, was to kind of go, you know, detract, go away, and not purchase games in the future. What would be kind of like what I'm starting to do now? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's what well, I. You mean all games, or you mean just these music games, right? Just music games. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's gotten out of hand and it's not really appealing, and the songs yeah. that you know, and the, the track yeah. list kind of sucked, and not really too interesting, and you know, uh, fuck it, we're not play- we're not buying these games anymore. Um, but then we come back. You're saying if we come back later, no, not see even. The, or I'm saying, what would it take? It, do you think that it would actually be feasible, or is, is there something that it would take to bring us back? 
or it hasn't just been dead question. and it's not coming back. I think oh, it's been dead, man. and like for me, there's nothing that will bring me back to um, rhythm games. I really like the idea of DJ Hero, but I'm not paying for it. I'm not having another piece of equipment in my house uh, and whatnot. I'm at a time where the only time I actually really pick up and play rhythm games is A, if I'm throwing a party, because that's really what it's become for me. Mm-hmm. Or Same two, for me. right? Or two, if I want to kind of go back and remember how fun it was to play Guitar Hero 2. You know, and I had that I that too. I actually wanted to play the original Guitar Hero for PlayStation 2. And the, 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 uh, the old original one without the hammer-ons. Yes, with, the old with terrible original hammer-ons, one without yeah. the hammer-ons. And I think it was because I wanted to hear the cover version of Bark at the Moon because it is oh. actually significantly different than the, than the real uh, album. And you know, technically I could play the one that came from the album with Guitar Hero Smash Hits, but I actually want to play the, the original one, you like how that Bark was coded. Yeah. Interesting. Well, wow, this is uh this is really good, but I have a confession to make. Pete's got to take a shit, so we got to go. Ooh. Yeah, this, this podcast was <laughs> shitty, so I got to go shit it out. <laughs> yeah, shit your face and shit. What? He ate some podcasts for breakfast. This is not for <laughs> <laughs> Part of a balanced <laughs> breakfast. Oh, um, this is not for kids. Uh, closing comments from the Pitoria before he goes to the toilet. <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, my closing comment will be that if we're not recording next week, I'll uh, record a trilobite um, to uh, to at least cover our our absence and to maybe go more in depth about the last couple games I've been playing that I like rushed through while we're doing the podcast. Yay! Yay! That's my closing Yay. comment. Al, thoughts? Um, I I think sometimes yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. <that's great>. <laughs> <laughs> he just got that. He's like, wait a second. That's funny. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Yeah, so, I, oh, I think uh, I, I also think everyone should. Speaking of funny, everyone should go check out some Mitch Hedberg videos on YouTube because he actually is really funny. It's uh, Mitch H E D B E R G. That that's my other closing comment. <laughs> B E R G, not B U R G. Remember that, folks. So where can we find you on the internet, Riven Pete? Facebook.com/slash Riven R Y V V N. Where can we find Al's hair on the internet? Uh. You can find my hair at xlm2k.blogspot.com. Maybe you can call me out. Oh, don't forget Modern Warfare 2 comes out next week, and I'll be playing on 360, so add me on your 360 friend list if you listen to this and you don't have me, and my you, my tag hey. is GS Space Riven. Modern Warfare 2. I haven't finished the first one. I don't care. It's a... Are you serious? Ah. Here. DrFisherPants.com is a friend of the site. He's wait, 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 wait. Are you what? serious? You never finished the first one? Wait, I, I honestly have played maybe three hours of the first one. Oh my god, are you guys like not into video games? <laughs> uh, no, I was playing We're Crisis. Just real busy people. I was playing Crisis too. So. Dude, Call of Duty Four uh, is much better than Crisis. <laughs> like the single uh, player, I'm, I'm serious. The single player is amazing in that game. I think it's great. I don't agree that it's that much better than Crisis. Eh, me, 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 me. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, think I think your face needs to go back to GameStop and keep on selling. Everyone Band send Hero. hate mail to uh, the mailbag at TryGames.net. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm just not a fan of infinite spawning. <laughs> you know, sorry. Well, it still has its Call of Duty tropes, but it's still a great game. And like, not, I didn't. Hey, I didn't say it wasn't great. I'm just saying that I, I, you know, I'm not a fan of infinite spawning, and that's a chink in the armor. And I, I, I think, think that Crisis um, manages to level itself with that because of that one thing, because it it ruins a lot of experiences for me. Infinite spawning is terrible. Like I yeah. saw, I actually ran across a spawn point in Call of Duty 2, and I watched the soldiers pop out. And I'm like, really? 
That's kind of like uh, Undead Knights, actually. 5.5, don't buy it. Dot <laughs> com. Um, I, I would just like to say that about Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's no direction in the game. There, there's no, like, real plot. Is there a plot in that game? Yes, there definitely is. I mean, there is some, uh, like... I don't know. I think they have amazing scenes in for a like the original Call of Duty games were just like you know like following these like different theaters of war and like they had uh, epic battles in them. But like right, it was just situations. Right. Whereas this kind of does the same thing, but there are definite definite like scene stuff. Like like I don't want to ruin anything. I mean, but. You should definitely play through it because there's an uh, an amazing thing that happens about halfway through the game, which I like thought was incredible to have done in a video game. And then the ending of the game definitely ends with a way that ties it with the be like with the whole thing that's been going on because you're chasing a guy through. You are chasing one particular guy throughout the game, and the ending of the game does tie it up. Okay. Yeah. Because I I really didn't because if it was just like a, a whole bunch of theaters, but it was actually transitioning automatically, I didn't see it. I was just yeah. like what. Well, why am, am 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 I actually playing a different person now? And uh, it still now does I'm that, here and I'm there. It still that does that partially where you do play a few different people, right. but, but it's all about the same. It's all centered around the same like set of events and and the same people that you're going after. So yes, yeah. It, uh, yeah, and especially because it's not based on World War Two. It's 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 its own thing. So they have the opportunity to kind of do that. Yeah, so yeah. There there's definitely a story in there. Me personally, it's just one that I didn't pay attention to because. I you know I couldn't care less and it's it, it's it's great without me having to sit there and listen to the story. Mm. And for me, Regardless. I couldn't find a connect. I I, I couldn't connect to a character because there really isn't one, and uh, that's part of the reason why I haven't really been playing it. But uh, there's other reasons. That See, I actually connected yeah. with the fact that you were chasing down this like the character you were chasing down who. Uh, Looks like the Russian assassin guy in some movie, which I can't remember if it was uh, the one. I think it was the one with Owen Wilson. Is that behind enemy lines? Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, he looks like this like Russian assassin guy from this movie. It's it's crazy, but like I totally was like, or maybe not Russian, like Ukrainian or something. But uh, like just chasing him down, I definitely like that was my connection to the game. Was like chasing down these like these very clear cut villainous people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I found it quite exciting and a thrill ride from beginning to end. Two thumbs up. Um, wow, <laughs> what like a critic you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a game that everyone should experience just because it is a... Uh, it's... I don't know. It's one of those shooters that I think people need to experience sort of like Half-Life and stuff. Just curious, how much of Crisis did you play? None. <laughs> okay, so then you should shut up right now and not tell me that it's that much better than Crisis before you hey, play it. Hey, before Crisis came out, I was all saying that I thought Crisis was going to be like the next Half-Life, that it was going to be the game that everyone talked about, but then when I heard all the negative stuff about it, I totally lost interest. It is completely, yeah, I don't know why people say that, because it was completely different, and that's why I like it, you know. I think it's got its faults, I think everything has its faults, nothing's perfect, but it's a totally different thing. You know, it's it's more of a it's and my, half Half Life is completely linear. Throw you down this tunnel, experience a story, whiz bang, wow, holy shit! Whereas Crisis is like the world is kind of your oyster, so do with it as you wish, even though it's still kind of linear. So it, it's totally different, and I, I I hate that people 
sat there and were like, oh, this is going to be the next half. Like, no, no, obviously it's not. This is Crytek. They don't know the story. <laughs> In my defense, I was just going to say that, like, I probably still would have played Crisis, and I would have been, like, again, when I when it was built, at the hi- during the hype phase, I was all set to start buying all computer parts so I could actually run the fucking game, but then when, I, when it came out and I heard the negative stuff, that's when I was like, okay, I don't want to invest this much money to play this one game. So. Hey, di- different structure, different folks. I mean, I, I like I said, I like Call of Duty 4 a lot. I don't think it's it's that that much better than Crisis as single player simply because of my own issues with how they handle the, their design choices. Yeah, I mean, I hate the whole the whole infinite spawning thing too. Where like I definitely am the type of player who hangs back and tries to pick off everybody before I progress. And, and you know, it's, it, yeah. it's impossible it's because it's pretty much just a straight shooter. Yeah, I mean, that, that it's a great straight shooter. But if I'm going to have a straight shooter, I kind of rather it be like Half-Life where there's more involved. Because you know there is more like involved. a straight shooter? Seriously. Doom. Yes, that, that, one's, a, that one's a nice one. You Just know what I like? Mayhem. Straight shooting into my toilet bowl. <laughs> oh, that's Whoa. right. He's got a shit. This is awesome. Dude, let's find another topic to talk about before he has to go shit. <laughs> hey, keep going. No, we're, we're done. www.sharkversusoctopus.com. The versus is spelled out. If you don't go there, you're not worthy of life. So just go there. Um, and that's right. So for, for Al. Uh, straight shooting into the ball. For shit neater. Boop! <laughs> I've been your host, Austin, and we're gone from this toilet bowl. But it's literally. <laughs> yes, it's one. literally that. <laughs> it goes. It goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.